It's, it's already this heat's just rolling in this window. Oh, I met a listener who texts all the time out of the pause for a cause thing because he was part of, he and his wife are part helping one of the, I think they were friends of the Germantown Animal Shelter, and he was he was just awesome. And he, he, uh, the, uh, there was a lightning strike at the building Friday morning. Oh, really? And That's what yeah. caused the problem. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because I texted Joe saying, uh, I have voice track till such and such, but now I can't get on. What's the deal? Anyway, so, uh, and so, Stephen is like in Iowa or some shit. Or he was know. there Friday. Yeah, he he, he was, and his he was going somebody, to all kind of places. Yeah. Um, so anyway, this guy was like, "Said, what's up with the podcast? All I'm getting is static, both on my phone and my laptop." And he told me in person. He goes, "I always bug you when I can't get the show because I, you know, he loves the sh- he loves it so much." So anyway, he's. So yeah, what, said, what what was the end result to this lightning strike? The internet at the building was down for I don't know how long. Um, So I think Q was off air for 10 or 20, I don't even know how long. And we were, I think, um, but I don't think we were off that long because I had it. We are going. Let me tell you about the newest scam I have been involved in. You're now we go through now? this. Uh, well, <laughs> I've been running the longest con on earth for almost 50 years. What do you think? <laughs> I think I should have been invited into this new one, too. Well, uh, this one goes beyond the usual spam calls, the usual email crap, texting, which, oddly enough, in my world, in the email, it has ceased to be. And of course, as soon as I say that, it'll be back today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got two over the weekend that said that my Netflix account had been canceled. No, it hadn't. Oh my god. Um, so that that kind of that kind of garbage is still rolling out. Uh, how about you guys on your phone, text, email? What is the um, oftenness of how of what kind of garbage you get? On text, uh, it's nothing in the way of text for me. I get a couple of phone calls a day from numbers that are not in my address book and don't leave messages. My email is about the same. It's low, and it stayed kind of constantly low, but I just flag things as spam that are spam. Sid? Yeah, yeah. And my email, I'll get like promotional emails because I have maybe subscribe to like Kirkland's or at home, you know, a couple of stores, which I probably need to unsubscribe, but like text, I I used to get calls about my car's warranty is expiring or whatever. It's like, you don't even know what I drive now. Yeah. Yeah. And that those stopped. Sometimes I'll still get a text from, Hey, this is Jim. I'd like to buy your house at blah, 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 blah. I get the same street. Yeah. And yep. I'm like, no, yep. F you, go away. So yep. I just, yeah, yep. I just go and block the number and then delete it. Okay. We all get these things. It's very common. Now, this one went to a new level for me. And I brought it up, I think, back in March when uh, I faced it head on and didn't really, um, at the time, get it. I went to look up uh, the deed for my house because I had some business to do about that. Okay. So there are many places to choose from um, when you type that into to the search engine and they pop up and I chose one and I wanted a, a copy of the deed to this house so I picked one 
and it was called House Lookups. You can find it right now. And for one dollar, one measly dollar, mm-hmm. uh, they would take care of that and send me eight pages of a bunch of bullshit I didn't need. So uh, I got this, these, all, all this paper I didn't need ultimately, and I wait to see a charge for a dollar in the account. Well, what I saw was a charge for twenty-three bucks and ninety-five cents. Wow! Oh. Now. I I don't remember because it's not like me to drop something like that because I'm like a dog with a bone. I will, you know, bother your ass until you relent and put it back. I don't know why I didn't. I let that slide, I think. Anyway, uh, I checked the account this morning as I do every morning pretty much uh, during the week. And I see a charge in there that came in over the weekend for house lookups. 23 bucks 95 cents again again Uh-oh. I went back to April April 17th 23 bucks 95 cents so I called my banker and I said what is this and she said all we can really do is to cancel the card attached to this account and I'll get you a brand new card just come by the bank yeah. So I begin to think, no, wait a minute. I have automatic withdrawals from three or four TV services. Yeah. Two new services. Um, all the insurance goes through something else. But I've got, there are too many things on here that would cause a hassle. Yeah. So I call back and say, I, I, I can't do this because I am entering into having a bunch of this stuff. Just I have no idea how to tell Hulu. Here's my new credit card number. There probably is a way, but I ain't got time in my day to go through <laughs> everything that I'm paying for and say, here's my new card. I know. It's a pain in the butt. Oh, Jesus. So she said, call them. Here's the phone number. So I think, oh, Christ, this is going to be a, a complete and utter. So I called House Lookups and got a person on the phone immediately. And the best advice that anybody can ever give you is when you call your cable company or whomever you're pissed off at, the mistake we make is going in angry. Wrong. You go in very charming and polite to begin to put them at ease because it isn't that person's fault. Right. She's just some chick making eight, eight bucks an hour to talk to angry people. So don't piss her off going in. So I said, hi, I, I, I need to uh, you to explain to me how I uh, spent $1 and then have been charged for three months in succession for something I didn't sign up for. What's the deal? And so she, uh, without hesitation, she said, I will have all of these charges uh, returned to you. I will cancel this. I just checked the account, and two of the charges are back in there already. She said four or five business days. Well, two of them are already back in there. I'm guessing that I may have to eat the one for March because it's just too late. Um, but uh, this this sounded like a common problem that she spends her days saying, I'm so sorry. Now, in fact, she didn't say she was sorry. She said, I will cancel this right now. 
I got an email as we were talking, and she's already returned the charges and canceled the account. Now, is it the FTC that you report this kind of shit to? Because my banker said that um, she would file something because never one instance, one moment did I sign up for anything. But what I signed up for, uh, without my knowledge, was 24 months oh. of uh, credit checks and some kind of stuff like that for 24 bucks a month. And I luckily saw that this morning in the pending stuff that goes through uh, tomorrow. Or I would, this might have gone on for a year. Sure. But it was on the top of the pending. House lookups. Be really careful what you do because I didn't sign up for a darn thing. And, but they charged me three times anyway. That's so let me, beware. Oh, let man. me ask you, th- let me ask you this. Remember when you were, t- I remember when you were talking about that, that day, some weeks back and a couple of people, uh, texted, uh, how to look your deed up now to me. And maybe I'm wrong. It sounded like it was free because one of them I thought worked for South Haven or they worked for in the government or something, did those links not get what you needed? I'm trying remember, to. I'm trying to think. I don't know for a what minute. the websites um, were. But how maybe. did I get the deed? Um, I think that my realtor got the deed and emailed it to me. Bam, boom, done. Next. Oh, good. Okay. Right? Yeah. yeah. But I was being anxious to get this done, and yeah. so I went online. And that's where you make your mistake. Uh, this is, I'm sure, illegal in some fashion. To sign me up for some nonsense I didn't ask to be signed up for. Yeah. And it's if that doesn't make you mad, uh, oh yeah, this is oh the kind of crap God, going on that they assume you just won't notice. Yep. Yeah, and you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised though if somewhere there's like an asterisk before you hit the final button and the asterisk right. leads to something that says by submitting this $1 to get this deed, you agree to enroll in our you know, four-year yep. program for At this the much a month. the very bottom, yeah, or something. I'm going to look at uh, it right now. Something uh, hidden okay. like that. On the website, when you go to it, mm-hmm. on, the, on the very front page, choose your package. One-year access, $23.95 a month. $1 for one report. I never saw that screen. And if that's a dollar for, I'll kiss your butt. Right. <laughs> they, they never gave me that option. Uh, but somehow, anyway, a, just a you know word of warning. Read everything because I signed yeah. up, like Wes said, I either, you know, you know, clicked, I agree to all blah, 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 and suddenly... It isn't about the price. It's about the method oh, yeah. by which they do business. Yeah. It, it, bullshit. Yeah. it could be, you know, in the terms and conditions, it may say that. So, exactly. And, and you have to click, I agree to the terms Page and conditions. Five or some crap. No, I'm not going to click on the link to read your 12 pages of you know, font size 8 legalese. Well, it <laughs> was highly annoying, but a good result. And I guess, I mean, I, I got those two charges back in the last couple of hours. But I, but but again, I'm guessing that you know March is is long gone. But fifty bucks is fifty bucks. You yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying? So um, yeah. Anyway, 
So y'all look at what you're doing because it, it is the day of the scam artiste. And it ain't just one person. It is everywhere. So look out at what you sign and what you're doing. All right. Uh, on that note, as I feel liberated now from these assholes, Wes has <laughs> people reveal the most liberating thought they ever had. Yes. This I want to hear. I may tape this for later. <laughs> it's a good idea. <laughs> Everyone should. Hey, I found this without any context or methodology listed. It was just people on a message board answering question this question that someone posted, and I I've gathered 15 of them here. The first one here, for people's most liberating thought, people don't think about me nearly as much as I think they think about me. Exactly right. <laughs> That's right. Vanity yeah. is a is a curse right to go along with that someone's liberating thought was every person that you pass on the street has a story a reason for why they dress how they dress how they why they act the way they act they have motivations and beliefs just like you it's an obvious point but it helped this guy be uh, empathic and compassionate i think that that goes along with the theory or the lesson um that is not anything new Right. Just don't don't ever forget that every person that you encounter in your day is going through some life-changing trauma. There is somebody that is ill in their family, or they mm -hmm. are, or they're having bad times. Everybody is in the middle of something. So give them a break, and empathy is a really good tool to have. Because mm -hmm. we forget that our lives, they may be upside down with sick family members and money problems and everybody else is just like you they have the same problems right we are we are the main characters in our story just like everybody else exactly yeah. exactly the third most liberating thought someone posted was i can do anything i want as long as i accept the consequences um, uh, you, you gotta know the consequences that though. Is exactly right <laughs> well that's a pretty wide but landscape of stuff to consider it, it is consequences. But, but if you are you know, one of those people who were always taught by i don't know their parents or whoever brought you up that you can't do this you can't do that you can't do this other thing and so much of it is just complete crap of course you can do that if you want to you just huh. well and, and yeah i mean yeah. we're not necessarily talking about crimes right i can remember in grade school the kind of things you would argue with your um, little mates, 12, 13, 14, and some of the dumb things that would come up. Um, I remember one of the first things, so well, this is probably first grade, second grade, when some kid would say, your epidermis is showing, ha, 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 ha. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that means your skin. Right. Um, but then the, the uh, debates would come later from the same dumbass kids that nothing is impossible. Okay, you, can, you, you can't jump off the Empire State Building and not die. Well, yes, you can. No, you can't. Nothing, yes, there are things that are impossible, but consequences for doing a number of things, like you say, accepting crime, um, there's always going to be a payback of some kind. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. And you have to, have to just, and on that note, for God's sake, I've seen two of these the past two weeks. Don't Google how to get rid of a body. 
it never goes well. <laughs> I can't believe people are that dumb. Go to the library and do it. <laughs> yeah, because they don't keep track of who uses computers there. At all. Oh, no. Yeah, not uh, at all. More of these uh, people revealing the most liberating thought that they had. Uh, if new evidence presents itself, it's okay to change my beliefs about something. Even if those yes. beliefs felt like a part of who I was, it's okay to change my mind. Yeah. That's exactly right. But some people are so stubborn and so egocentric that they don't believe that anybody else is right. But if somebody can... I have altered... It's about aging, too. And what you're willing to accept um, is the truth and what may be a truth worth looking at and maybe you're wrong and you can adapt it and change it right and that comes with age and experience and not wanting to encounter hassles that you don't need it's easier to change your pattern of behavior than it is to keep to keep doing it and messing stuff up exactly mm. so yeah more of the uh, liberating thoughts here life is unfair and that's a good thing because it doesn't mean sorry because it means you don't necessarily deserve all of the bad things that happen to you they just happen it's not your Pose that book one of the big books when bad things happen to good people yeah yeah uh, it might have been a you know spiritually uh, you know based kind of a concept but no life is not fair and i guess it was lawyer bill that said to us years ago that his son had said to him that that's that's not fair and he said, the affair is where pigs get ribbons. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, a good one. It's not wrong. Yeah. More liberating thoughts. I get to choose who's in my life and who isn't. That's an absolute That's proof. That's a great one, yeah. And so if you've got toxic people, you don't have to keep having toxic people in your life. And, this, and you know, it's odd. Um, See y'all later. I, Just kidding. I think... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'm that uh, post-pandemic living has made that uh, a reality more than ever. And not necessarily because you want to exclude anybody from your life. We have lost the ability to engage and to communicate. Um, we do that now via text and email. And I don't know how many friends that I that just kind of, you know, floated away, uh, you know, some locally and some elsewhere. People, people changed how they live. And all these conversations that you used to have, they just don't seem necessary. Now, what that leads to sometime is uh, being really lonely and feeling like you're just you know out here by yourself. But um, engaging with people anymore can be... Well, it requires talking. And then talking leads to all the drama in your life and in their life and it is exhausting so i think that we sometimes choose the easy way out rather be alone and you know just you know by myself than i would to engage in some laborious depressing convo <laughs> with somebody i don't really give a fuck about in the first place well, yeah but see that there's two sides to it though you can you can do that but you also get to bring new people into your life as you wish yeah that's yeah. exactly right. And they always say that your group of friends turns over every three or four or five years. That you can mm -hmm. be, you know, besties with somebody 
but then life changes like, you know, divorces or illnesses come along and, and your friends change. Or at some point in your life, a bunch of your friends die and the ones you were closest to are gone and you can't replace that. Yeah. And you can't go in search of people to replace that. Um, but I don't know. It, it just seems that there are people in my life that have been there for 50 plus years. Um, and I seem to reach out to them, you know, more and more all the time. As far as new friends, I don't go in search of that. Um, the friends that not- I have are, there's one here that is a really nice lady that I'm married to, uh, and the rest of them are animals. <laughs> and all they do is sleep and puke. That's the cats. <laughs> uh, right. I came up here to my office the past two days, and one of my kitties, she's laying in the chair, and she is barfed. She ate her food and then got up here and puked on the carpet underneath the chair. And this morning, she had puked on the chair. And oh, was over no. in, the, in the other chair, acting innocent and sleeping as I cleaned up wet puke. <laughs> Great. Oh, my God. But well, I digress. You're, you're, you're in the... Well, yesterday when I was planting bushes, I found a bird's skull in the uh, flower bed from my cat from whenever. Was he alive? Uh, no, just a skull of a bird. That would have been cool, though. Still alive. Oh, no, just I'm a skull t- for a head? Yeah. Now, that would have been a carnival attraction. <laughs> Speaking yeah. about the fair, yeah, would that would have gotten a ribbon. I would have yep. had to call you, Wes, and ask what to do. <laughs> Shit. Um, no, but you're you're not in the position. Turned into a bong. Uh, I know, or a like a hanging thing on the front porch to scare people. Um, you're, but you're, but like Drake, you're not really in the position where you're you're not going to like you know ball games, concerts, this and that and the other in I've order to where you would see life. and meet new people to make new friends. Yeah. So and that's okay. But like it's like it's like concerts anymore too. If if I'm gonna invest my time and go see you on a weeknight, I better freaking love your ass, and because because then it'll be worth it. Like Robert Plant on a Sunday night, this uh, tomorrow night, Bonham at Graceland, we're going to see him. But 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 same with with friends. But a, but it's nice to have the friends that if you haven't even talked to them or texted them or anything, heard from them in even six months or eight months. You can text, hey, what was that song that blah, 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 or what was that blah, 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 and just j- like you talked to him yesterday, and you just pick oh, up where yeah. you left off. Those are the great, well, great yeah, relationships. Yeah. There are some people that um, when you get back in touch, it's like you never left because they're always in your mm-hmm. heart, and, and they're yeah. just always there, and it's like there was never anything missed, um, uh, and those things do you know pop up. Um, I find in my, my travels which are pretty limited. Right. Um, I mean, I've spent my entire life um, from about 19 on, you know, traveling and, you know, moving from place to place and going to every concert, to every nightclub, to baseball games, to going to, uh, to all over the world and the country. I've done all of that stuff. And I have no desire much to do it anymore because I know what it... under. You mentioned plant and going down to the festival. Mm -hmm. To me, I see a drive downtown through morons, then a drive to park in a place around and with morons for 20 bucks, and then walking into that park around other human beings, (laughs) some morons, some not, then having to stand in front of a stage 
with a warm draft beer waiting for plant and and uh, I don't have any interest at all ever I've been to the movie theater twice in five years yeah um, I just don't need it what I do find gratifying and maybe it is you know pent up no no conversation when I go to the grocery store liquor store um, wholesome nutrition uh, to the gym to places where I frequent around here and I I think on average I leave this house being liberal about three times a week to run my errands and the car and so I know people in all these places and yeah. some of the best conversations that I have are with them for about five minutes or I am someplace and someone knows me and goes hey man and I stop and talk to them and that's enough for me yeah that's I've, good I've, that's fine yeah I've had a human exchange with somebody who didn't want anything we just <laughs> talk about you know uh, about the commonalities of our life and our kids and our dogs and our and our families nothing deep nothing heavy and then I come back home uh, and I'm perfectly okay with that. <laughs> You're content. Then, then I talk to you two, um, and that's always great. And to my kids, which is sometimes great, I'll take you two <laughs> first. Honest <laughs> to God, I, I'm not lying. Oh, ditto, ditto. I mean, all your drama is, you know, fine. I know all of it. Well, not, not all of it, but it's not as most gut-wrenching as your kids going through some, Christ, what, what is it now? Good but that, oh, that's probably enough. That's probably so. enough. And then I can yell at and talk to dogs, and they don't talk back. They just smile at you. Yes. And want some more yes. water. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So that's uh, some of the liberating thoughts. There's uh, there's several more, but there's only one that I really want to bring up here, and that's uh, the, the last one here is people are not against you. They are for themselves. Yeah, you and you can tell the people who have attitudes uh, that think everybody's against them too. Right. It's real boring so, and nor annoying. So like, yeah, like most, to, yeah. If you find somebody you come up against, if they cross their arms across their body immediately, keep walking. They are defensive <laughs> and insecure. Yeah. Uh, but that's how yeah. they deal with the world, and it's you know it's not about you as. So much as it is about them. They don't want I mean, to have to deal with you. Stay at home. Keep your ass at home in your tent in your mom's backyard. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a great point. I, um, You can sense that somebody is either affectionate uh, towards you and likes you, or if they are repelled by you, or if, it's, or if their life is just going to the dog's. And they, it's all about them and not about you. Well, I mean, they should never leave the house yes, either. That <laughs> that, third one sucks. That's you know, that's still not necessarily you know, all the 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 ways it can be. It's, it's someone may be perfectly happy to help you out on something, uh, or they might not be up for helping you with something. But it's not because they want you to fail. It's because they've got their own stuff that they've got to do that's more important than you're helping you with your stuff. Sure. Which goes back to the very first one about uh, that people are not thinking about you 
all the time like you think that they are. Right. I mean, I mean if you're out someplace and you get drunk and show your ass and the next morning you wake up and go, oh my God, I'm going to kill myself. I, I said this to that. They don't care. They've done it themselves. It's, <laughs> it's called vanity. People are not thinking about you like you are. They just don't really care that much. Right. And it's yeah. also okay to say no. And you, and I, um, had a I, uh, have said yes to more things that I wish I hadn't. Uh, but at a certain point in your life, it's okay to say no. Um, and my dad taught me this. He said, you know, if they ask why, say, I don't feel like it. That's why. Yeah, I don't want to. No is a complete I sentence. I just don't want to. Yeah. It, well, and if somebody asks why, that you're asking <laughs> why is why I'm not. Yeah. yeah. Just, you know just, what I mean, though? I just don't put myself don't in a position to be asked stuff. I mean, I don't want anybody to invite themselves to my house, nor would I ever invite myself to theirs. Um, don't just show up. I wouldn't come to your house and go to the front door. Hey, y'all yeah. want to hang out? <laughs> Visit That's for a mistake, while. man. No, That's a long... That, just <laughs> learn to say no and don't be afraid of it. You can do it with kindness, but sure. no thanks. I'm good. That's good, Wes. Yeah. Are there any more things to, to, to thought-provoke us? Oh, sure. Uh, we had the way people treat you has little to do with how they feel about you and a lot to do with how they feel about themselves. That's exactly right. All been through that. Yeah, okay, yeah. And this one I think you'll relate to in particular, Drake. I didn't mind not being alive before I was born. I probably won't mind being dead once I'm out of here. Well, you won't know. <laughs> and as discussed, yeah. it's like being stupid. Um, everyone knows but you. And uh, one more here <laughs> on Friends. That my friends do in fact like me and aren't annoyed that I'm around or we just wouldn't be friends. Well, duh. Yeah, but I mean, some people worry <laughs> yeah. about that. Some people worry that their friends are only tolerating their presence for some other reason. Well, what do you want from if... me, really? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Sad. Yeah. I don't know. That's why I, I mentioned that on Sunday, I was here by myself. Well, not. It was just me, and all the animals, and the wife was gone to her mom's, and I was outside for hours in that yard doing stuff happy as a clam no phone ringing no nothing doing what I wanted to do until I locked myself out of the house <laughs> and then it got real yep. and I wish that somebody had been in the house to open the gosh damn door that the dogs locked so it's always something but, <laughs> oh yeah the dogs locked me out of the house you just gotta you know find your own peace man it's, it's oh, there yeah. You got to find your place, find your people, and live your life, because at some point you're going to be gone, and it's we are here for in for a a, a blink mm -hmm. in the universe, and we're gone. And so appreciate though, however, you know, negative this is. Appreciate those that you do love and that love you, and that's important too. It's Definitely. as important as you know running off the ones you don't need, is to embrace the ones that you do need, and the rest of it. Let it work itself out. Yeah, and it will. Yeah, <laughs> running, I was talking to one of my kids off. yesterday, and <laughs> yeah. I uh, he uh, 
he's having, I, I don't know, if everybody has problems with money and tries to, you know, and these kids of ours who are now grown kids, and it, it doesn't get any easier. Um, it, it does at uh, some point in your life. And I always tell him, I tell myself this, so I, everything will work itself out. And um, I don't know if it's, if I believe in fate or not, or if things happen for a reason and all of that stuff. Um, I, I don't know. I just think that, um, that life, you know, gives you back what you give it. And he was bitching and moaning about not having any money. And uh, so over the weekend, uh, these kids these days, and I have a story about, about gambling in America, which is just out of control. But they've all got these apps on their phones. And uh, if you don't have any money, you shouldn't be gambling. Now, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, yeah. uh, Note to self. good truism right there. 1-800-PLEASE-HIT-ME. Uh, Stop gambling. Uh, but a couple of weeks back, I made a bet on the Derby, a six-buck bet that paid me almost $1,000. And that was, that was just luck. So I gave half to the wife, and I kept kept half for myself. And so my son is telling me because he's you know been kind of down and pissed off. He took uh, his little app, and he spent two dollars and made um, wasn't a parlay, some kind of thing with eight or nine bets in it. And it was just absurd. And he he he, he just made the bets, and he crashed. And he woke up and he went, oh yeah, I made those bets last night. He won $700 on oh, a two-buck nice. bet. Oh my goodness, well, that's good great. Luck. Betting international soccer. And I said, that is fantastic. So he went and he bought, him, bought his son some clothes, new shoes. Great. Took his wife out to dinner. Probably got, you know, I, I don't know what. He, I said, did you save some of this? <laughs> of course. Liar, 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 pants on fire. <laughs> Uh, but two bucks became a lot more just in time. He needed that, and there it was. That's so, awesome. Sometimes these things do happen for a reason, and I keep telling him, you know, you gotta just wait it out, bro. Everything takes its own turn, and things make themselves right, usually. But bad things do happen to good people. So I don't know. And now, this is the end of our therapeutic part of the program. That'll be great <laughs> for well, each okay. of you for the life lessons we have just taught you. I'll put out the uh, incense and put the gong away. Yeah. The gong or the bong? Yeah. I, uh, I don't know, man. I, it, it's, a, it's a crazy time in the world. And people are on antidepressants. And uh, good Lord, it's, it's anxious and nervous out there. That's why things like, you know, drinking and doing dope and betting are really fun. Uh, if you can afford to do it and if your body can handle it. <laughs> and uh, this story I got from Axios, one big thing, sports betting boom. Now, that is because, and I don't know, but now this list, is this every dang state on here? Um, today... I, uh, yesterday marks five years since the, the Supreme Court overturned the Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act, launching a massive legal sports betting industry. Mm -hmm. That's why everybody that wants to bet, like my sons, uh, 
I don't do it. Um, well, for one thing, Mississippi, this is the damnedest thing I've ever... This state is ought to be overturned and, and probably, uh, I don't know what. You can um, go to a casino in Tunica, in Robinsonville, whatever, some down on the coast, and you can bet yourself into prison. Uh, but you can't go online in the state and bet a horse race. It's illegal. If, um, if you have the MGM grand or whomever, whatever app on your phone, when you cross the state line from Tennessee into this state, Mississippi, your app is disabled. You can't make a bet on an app in Mississippi. So once you cross that state line, it comes back to life. They want you to go bet your money at a casino. And even uh, though yeah. you have this app on your phone, my son's got well, they, they uh, both do. But once they come to see me, they can't place a bet on their phone because of where they are. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Oklahoma, I think, has some similar uh, dumbass rules. In the last five years, Americans have legally wagered over $220 billion on sports. God. Generating $17 billion in revenue for sports books and $3 billion in state and local taxes. Which begs the question, why doesn't Mississippi want the state and local taxes? One more stupid move imposed by stupid politicians. Because there's something grandfathered in and somebody is getting paid somewhere, but it isn't the common man. Uh, TV broadcasts are full of ads, um, and it, uh, ESPN used to be very cautious and never mentioned gambling or the betting line. Now it's a constant part of the conversation. Uh, and it, so there are 33 states plus D.C. that have live and legal betting. Four states have legalized the betting, but haven't begun operations. Ten have active issues on ballots. I don't understand in a world where in politics nothing means anything more than money. Why do you drag your feet on stuff like betting and stuff like making weed legal? You're cutting yourself out of so much money yeah. based upon your own you know, moral antiquated views. And you're shorting yourself and your state a buttload of money. Every major league, NFL, MLB, NBA, has official betting partners. It's unbelievable. Between May 2018, April 2019, uh, this country bet $8.3 billion. Four years later, uh, the same time frame, May to April, over the course of, of a year, they wagered. 90 billion dollars. Hmm. 8 billion to 90 in the course of a, of about 2 years. Um, it is booming. Let me look at these states real quick. The Does most Mississippi have done a... in New Jersey. What? Ah. 
Do, now, does Mississippi have a lottery, like, you know, the Tennessee lottery? Is there no? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes? Okay, but, so yeah. is that, I guess that goes to education, because good, God forbid, something needs to go to wink, education. Wink, wink, Well, it yeah. ain't working down here. A lot of dumbass people, kids and grownups. But they have the Powerball, Mega Millions, all that stuff. Now, I also learned the hard way, if you buy a ticket for Powerball in Kentucky or Tennessee, you can't cash it except for where you bought it in that state. Well, that makes sense. So, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> uh, sure. But um, the money goes to education. We haven't had this talk in a long time. But in Tennessee, we did some research, I believe, last year or sometime about how much money went to education. And it, 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 it does. You wouldn't be able to tell that in Shelby County, where the budget for schools is $2 billion. But that's a whole different topic. Um, it all just reeks of illegality, you know, someplace and somebody doing something inappropriate. And they get caught finally, or does it even matter much anymore? Uh, New Jersey's on top. Nevada, hello, Las Vegas. New York, Pennsylvania, Illinois, that's Chicago. Indiana, Colorado, uh, but it goes down really low. Uh, Arkansas, which has Oaklawn Park, uh, which is horse racing and casinos. Um, they were at the bottom of what was bet. Mississippi, $2.2 billion, That is casinos hmm. in, uh, entirely. Uh, Tennessee, of course, you can't do anything. Um how they don't count the apps on phones, I don't know. But if all this, all these numbers are legal, imagine how much is being bet illegally. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I have a betting site that I use that is not based in this country, for one example. So how much money is being bet off the books? I, I remember uh, a long time ago being in... Um, in uh, Manhattan, and they had off-track betting sites, little bitty shops right there, I mean, everywhere. And you could pop in there and bet a horse race at, you know, Belmont uh, or any place. So up there, it's been wide open forever. Same for Jersey. I guess that's why they're on top. But gambling is making people, the house especially, a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. And on occasion, you win. I spent 110 bucks at the Derby and won almost a thousand. And that hasn't happened to me in a long time. And my son spends two bucks and wins 700. So oh, we are the, um, but that, that won't happen again for a long time. It's just, it's just, you know, it's just, but that, that's why when you win a bunch of money at any kind of a racetrack, if you win over, a thousand bucks, maybe. You go to the IRS window. I'm sure. And fill out forms, yeah. and then you got to tell your accountant and put it on your taxes. The fun part there is, as long as your losses equal your gains, you're good to go, and they always do. Yeah. So <laughs> that's uh, that's that one. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, some rock and roll stuff. I uh, saw so Wesley had a few things here about you two. Joni Mitchell and 
And like I said, that's something too. Go ahead, Wes. Yeah, you too. We've talked about their residency in Las Vegas at The Sphere, where they're going to be doing the full Octoon Baby album and other things to go along with it. They, When they first announced this, I remember complaining because there were like five dates. And that's barely a residency. Don't even not call enough. it that. Yeah. Exactly. And then not uh, a couple weeks after that, they expanded to a few more dates so it was getting better now they've added even more they're going to be going there from the 29th of september an additional show on the 30th three in october and then they've added another six or seven in october and then more in december so they're taking november Jeez. off but this is this is a this is a good residency this is over a dozen dates they're going to be doing shows there and the sphere is apparently going to be the newest biggest bestest places to do these things two billion dollars to build this place it's going to seat about uh, over seventeen thousand people and the sound system is supposed to be completely optimal for that that arena that sphere so maybe they did this at first in deference to larry mullen jr who can't play Uh, perhaps out of respect for him um they just did, you know, five gigs and stopped. Oh, maybe. But, you know, and didn't you say, Sid, that uh, that uh, Aerosmith has, for their last tour, they've gone to every arena and tested for sound and done some things to make sure that it is optimal? I don't know that I remember seeing that. Uh, I, I saw that someplace. Yeah, oh, that, you saw it. Okay. Yeah, they've got a, a new sound system that they're going to be using, and yeah, they're going to be setting it up, maybe in advance, I'm not sure, but... Yeah, it's supposed to be not a generic setup. You know, and and my very first thought was, and I don't mean to bad rap them at all, um, or even you too, but Aerosmith is one of the first big name bands that I know of for sure that used, uh, what's the word, enhancements in their live show. Oh, yeah. Sampling, yeah. Um, Loving an Elevator, maybe... Uh, they use some sound off the record. I'm trying to think what other songs, uh, but they they have used various samples to make the sound sound like the record a lot. Uh, yeah. And it's been said before that U2, um, and this may or may not be true. I know that it's true for a bunch of bands over you know time that there are people that you don't see that are playing along with that band. They're either behind the amps or they're under the stage. Either an extra keyboard player or a guitar player yeah. are are playing along with the four main dudes on stage to make it sound right. And is that cheating? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm okay with that. People I, have been doing that. Yeah. The very first time that I ever was exposed to that, it really shocked me. And I found it to be disappointing. Out at Night Moves... <laughs> Where I spent, oh God, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. This is a long, long time ago, back in the <laughs> late 80s, early 90s. And uh, John Butcher Axis, remember that band? Yeah. yeah. They, they had that one song, Wishes. And I was there in the afternoon for their sound check. And uh, they came in, and the chorus is really lush and big. And I watched the guy that's playing the keyboard push a button. And the chorus was already right there recorded. And they were just going to sing over it, kind of lip sync it along with 
the sampling on the keyboard. I thought, well, that sucks. They can't yeah, do I'm, it live. I'm not okay <laughs> so, with lip syncing, no. Well, lip syncing is one thing, but singing over the vocal that was on the album is something different. Until you get caught, like Britney Spears, and you don't keep oh, up yeah. with what you've already sang before or oh, sung yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about um, that. So either you, you know, mimic this. You know, these bands all learned how to lip sync because of what MTV. Yep. That's what. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. all learned how to mimic what they had done before perfectly, and if it was off by an iota, it was bad. So they recut and recut. I've watched videos shot before. And it is the longest, most pain in the ass thing you've Ugh. ever seen. It's not glamorous. So, anyway, Aerosmith, good luck. You too, good luck. What did Sting say, Sydney, about the what bands that are defunct should do just one time? Yeah, he he had a, a, an interview with Music Week, and he discussed their experience when the police did their reunion tour of 2007 and 2008, saying they were really clear about what they wanted to do and had no desire to take it any further. But he was asked, "Do you think you know bands should big bands should get back together?" And he said he laughed and he said, "Once, you should only do it once." And the timing should be right. When the police reunited, it was long enough and it was the right time to do it. He said he's taking credit for that because it was his decision. But doing it again would just be gratuitous. So he says that will not happen. When they did it, everyone was happy that mom and dad got back together again and had one last fling. And well, Stuart, you know, and, and, and I mean, yeah, it once, because you're right. If you, if you kiss, keep doing it, it is gratuitous. <laughs> yeah. Stuart yeah, Stuart, which, and I love Kiss, but you know, Stuart Copeland says, you know, it's pleasure and pain. You have this intense relationship. You're in a band together. You live together. You sleep in a van together. You share hotel rooms. Your life is completely welded with these guys, and it's so intense. They still love and respect each other. But he says, I'm happy not to be in a band. I have freedom with my own band, and everyone's very clear. We just get on with the job, you know? And they count the uh, so, money as it rolls in every month in their mailbox. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> There's that. I saw that tour. Uh, in New Orleans, it was f just fantastic. Yes. As I've mentioned before, um, they were toward the end of that tour. And if you're paying attention and you know that Sting and Stewart have always had a brotherly dislike for each other because uh, they're both egomaniacs and they're both great musicians and um, that band, it was it was just incredible to watch them. But you could also watch, <clears throat> and there was, I mean, it was it was so obvious. Um, they would kind of make faces at each other, like "fuck you," and, <laughs> and then Stewart would make some comment, kind of off the mic to Sting. And during one song, Sting changed the lyric of a tune uh, aimed at Stewart. And if you're watching, you can catch this stuff. Oh, they were not not you know, palsies on stage are off, I'm guessing. But, <clears throat> you know, young bands in a van or on the road, they're still in love with each other. They're yeah, just yeah. out they there. They're just about yeah. to, to to blow the doors off the whole world. Oh, yeah. And about a, about a, a, about a, a tenth of them get a chance to do that. 
and the rest, you know, languish forever playing Cleveland. Uh, but the bands like the Police and bands of that ilk that have been together since they were in their 20s, enough already. You've made plenty of money and you have the respect of your peers and your fans forever. So why go out there again and sound worse? It's, it's really funny to sit at your computer on the YouTube and pick a band or an artist and look at them playing live 15 years ago and oh, then God, go to yeah. 10 years ago and then five years ago and then now and the energy level and the quality of what they do is diminished every time and it's it's just how things go you know Springsteen I've watched some clips from this current tour and they're good but it takes 19 people to pull it off <laughs> yeah and well, it used to take yeah. about six um, but his energy level is up still I saw and I haven't heard much about Paul McCartney of late and Paul did five or six gigs late last year and you could tell uh, that time had taken a bit of a toll on his voice and the other guys in the band have always sung with him on a number of those tunes to make the voice stronger because his voice is getting a bit weaker but anyway at some point it's exciting and it's you're just you're on the road to to everything and then sometimes it's time to walk away but so that that police show was in 08 damn yeah i didn't i don't remember that i hmm. saw them on the synchronicity tour at the mid-south coliseum we went to see them in new orleans at 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 the uh, baby dome they and they were unbelievably oh, good god they were Still, great yeah and then they got it done wrapped it up where did you see that andy summers documentary was oh yeah you gotta so, watch that I don't know if it was Netflix. You might have to Google it. It was either Netflix or Prime because I don't have like Hulu and this stuff you have. So it was either Netflix or Prime, but it's really good. Check it out. The and, Diplomat on Netflix is worth watching. What? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. We got to start that. And we started watching a documentary the other night on Leonard Cohen. You've probably seen it. Oh, it's it's fantastic. If, yeah. you, and I'm, if you don't understand the impact of that man uh, and his writing, you really ought to up your game. There's Bob Dylan, there's Springsteen, there's Joni Mitchell, Lennon McCartney, who are a whole different animal. But uh, Cohen uh, was an elite intellectual lyricist, um, Renaissance man, an incredible life story. And the documentary is allegedly about hallelujah the song that has been recorded uh, probably more than uh, than almost anything yeah and the stories behind that song that took him seven years to write and there are so many verses to that song which you'll see in the show and he would play one version of it for you know one tour and then change up the verses on the next tour Oh, wow. which confused every artist who adored him and going, what is he doing? <laughs> um, and Jeff Buckley is the one that popularized that song um, in our lifetime. But yeah. John Cale from the Velvet Underground with uh, Lou Reed is the first person to have recorded that song. Or he 
uh, played this song live 45 years ago and people heard it and because uh, CBS Records rejected the song and wouldn't put it out believe that or not hmm. and then uh, when John Cale recorded it or uh, played it live that began the audience attraction to it and then Jeff Buckley's version made it go to the next level and then Katie Lang cut it and then uh, Cohen had a comeback and it's it's a great documentary and it's the that song is the only song I've ever seen that there is an entire book about it's called the holy and the broken it's about Cohen and about uh, Jeff Buckley it's he is an incredible man and a great great writer and um, toward the end of his life he played the the uh, Orpheum oh, yeah. and he played it on an, on a weeknight and I made the decision which I will always hate myself for that it was too late on a school night and we didn't go and I, it was he um, he learned about 25 years ago that, that his manager had stolen pretty much all of his money and it was unretrievable irretrievable so he had to make records and go on the road and he was in his 60s probably then and he toured for 15 20 more years to make back his money it's a hell of a story and that, and that documentary is on Netflix and it's really really good too yeah we we just started and I don't know a ton about him and so we came across it and it's like let's, okay let's oh watch please this. watch it yeah, please yeah. watch it he's the most lovely man he's just a he's just a a true gentleman and he uh, he's just one of a kind and, and he's gone too all the good ones are slipping yeah. away yeah watch that it's it's just fantastic yeah, we, will. we will you know on that note and i know we've been going a while here but i did do a facebook post recently about naming one singer whose voice you recognize no matter what song it is who are the top ones give us a few the top ones <laughs> van morrison definitely interesting yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, rod stewart impossible to not know who that is ozzy <laughs> well of course the he's gonna be can't on sing there. yeah okay willie nelson yeah of, of course elvis is on here a bunch tom petty is on here a bunch getty lee yeah i was gonna say Wes's favorite hard Lots to miss that one yeah. uh-huh stevie nicks neil young Freddie Mercury, a guy whose voice I hate, Michael McDonald. I, I do never not like his. his never did. He's the only singer, you know, that in the radio business, um, they call it puking when you talk from your throat like this and you, hey, I'm a hot I DJ. I just hate it. Yeah. And he's the <laughs> only singer I've ever heard who sounds affected like that. When he talks, he doesn't sound anything like when he sings. And he sings through his nose and his throat. And I never I never could like his voice. What a Fool Believes was a great song. And he's had some moments, but I, I just yeah. couldn't ever... His voice is affected. He does something to it. I just did never get close to it. I don't, I don't either. Uh, somebody says, Randy says, Mick Jagger, of course. I think he's on there. Well, I don't know about that. Mick could change his voice up. Yeah, true. But you, I, I feel like he is one who can change his voice up 
but you still know it's him. I don't know. Maybe because they've been around so long. Um, yeah. Your boy, your boy Maynard James Keenan. You always know it's him. Yeah, because you can't understand gosh <laughs> damn word he's saying. No, yeah, that's Maynard. Will you please enunciate in words, dude? God. <laughs> there are some Bob Seegers on here, of course. You always recognize his voice. Yeah. Uh, George Jones. Uh, Lane I, I don't know about that. There's a generation of singers. George, I'm trying to think now. Uh, George Jones, uh, my mind's going blank. Um, a bunch of those old dudes, though, kind of sang the same way. They were all great. Um, I can't think of anybody now, of course, but um, yeah, George was one of them for yeah. sure. Um, Lane Staley, of course, Allison Chain singer. Love yeah, I love that. I love that. Sinead O'Connor. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah. whether we like her or not, you do know Chris Cornell. You always, you always know his voice. Not necessarily. I think his voice evolved and changed. We hearken back to Hunger of the Dog, when that all that all, all that screaming shit. And then, as his career went by, he began to sing properly and not scream. And he can really sing. Um, yeah, he did scream on. Nothing like compares to you by Sinead will still give you goosebumps. And his version of that song is also fantastic. He could sing what he wanted to sing. But all that hollering and stuff, I, I just can't hang. But the guy was so good. Yes. So good, man. He's uh, gone too. Yeah. Oh, Louis Armstrong, says someone. Well, that's, Definitely. that's pretty good, yeah. Chris Sacha Stapleton. Boy. I don't know about that. A bunch of those guys sound alike to me. I don't know. Well, kind of, but he 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 stands out to me. I don't know. Uh, they all have about, that country rock adaptation, that that hybrid of I'm country, but not really. I want to rock too. Yeah, but I don't know. There's something about him. I'd like to see him live. Uh, talking about singers you recognize no matter what song it is. Um, yeah. Another person who you can't understand, Eddie Vedder. <laughs> uh, that's well, changed too. Yeah. I used to really yeah, not yeah. like him at all for the same reason. Some of that old old Pearl Jam stuff, I, I thought it was awful. But then, when did he change, Wes? Because I, I love bolt. that guy now. The Pearl Jam Lightning Bolt album, his enunciation was just great, and he followed through <laughs> on that with his yeah. Earthlings album. I yeah. think he is one of the, um, what's the word? He's just he's just one of the, um, the, uh, the uh, keepers of the flame. And this That band was 1991, Mm -hmm. And the way he's evolved and the things he writes and the way he speaks now, I heard him in an interview. Well, several of them, actually. He's so intelligent and so calm. Um, and he's just fantastic. And that, that album, Earthling, still blows me away. So good. Somebody says, Boz Skaggs. Oh, boy. What, how, 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 how great was he? God. Uh, Joe he's, Cocker. He, he's not dead yet. Yeah, Joe's Joe's pretty pretty noticeable. Oh gosh, uh, somebody says Cher. Of course, you always know Cher's uh, voice. Not necessarily. Cher's voice has changed over the years from the '60s till the last thing. Hell, it, it, she's almost 80 years old, isn't she? God, is she? Probably is. And looks like a cat. <laughs> she, oh my yeah. god. Oh yeah, Jerry Garcia. I don't know about that. You, but I will say, uh, on another note on the uh, uh, 
the biopic about uh, Bob Weir. I forget because I, I mean, I wasn't a deadhead like my husband was, so I forget so, that he sang a ton of dead songs. Oh, and yeah. so he so he still does, and they're great. I, I love his singing. I like his voices. singing too. Yeah, I really couldn't tell that much of a difference for those guys. Yeah, another couple. Greg Allman. Oh yes. Oh man. Oh, yeah. uh, Ronnie Van uh, Ronnie Van Zant. Uh, Definitely. I, I disagree. If he's so, then how can you tell that he's been gone for forty years? Because his brother sings because all the songs brother... now, just <laughs> like he did. So I, yeah, I'm yeah, not no, buying no. that one. And then of course, well. and then of course, you always know well unless unless you are Steve Perry, um, and you think it's you when it's really Rock Sugar. Somebody says Steve Perry has a very recognizable voice. <laughs> he does, but it's been copied by so many people that it's yeah. I mean, he yeah his 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 uh, voice was was special, but he blew it out for a number of reasons. But yeah. Huh. Yeah. There are others, so, Wes. Who's who's missing there? I don't know. Uh, Springsteen, maybe. Uh, He's done so many different kinds of songs, though. That, um, but the way yeah. he he phrases, phrases. his singing is yeah. always exactly yeah. something you can pick up on. And yeah, I was holding heading uh, Getty Lee in reserve, but uh, some some people mentioned him. Yeah, you definitely. Know. Oh, Getty's pretty hard to miss. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't Marvin Gaye's one I can think of. Um, yeah, there's so many genres though, and so many different kinds of yeah. singers. I'm Don Henley is hard to miss. Um, the songs that Glenn Fry sang, you can tell, but Don's voice is just just just, just one of those. You know, it's always there. Um, there are probably a ton of others we have gotten. Uh, Frank Sinatra is oh, one. Oh yeah. And Tony Bennett, and you know, there's just a long, long list. Yeah, watch some of these shows about people like Cohen. He's magnificent. Yeah, yeah, I, I aim to finish it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very and, interesting. Uh, yeah, on Netflix, what am I trying to watch? I got done with The Diplomat. It's good. It, it, it has moments. There's um, all of these shows these days that I watch. There is so much profane language in it that it is gotten to be a gratuitous thing we all talk that way don't lie um, uh, people just speak in a certain way from the streets and all that but now it seems to be in everything I watch a succession in its last season on HBO Max it's an incredible show but God the language is just uh, stop saying the F word every effing gosh damn effing minute um, <laughs> Diplomat's good. What's her name? Uh, Carrie. I can't think of her name now. She's okay. Um, it's a pretty good story. Uh, the end of it was kind of wow. Um, HBO's show, Barry, in its last season with uh, Bill Hader. Incredible. Uh, Henry Winkler, to see him, and this is what, their fourth or fifth year, because he had a really hard time not being the Fonz yeah, yeah. He, I, like, he, I like him though. He is a fantastic actor who teaches acting uh, in the show, but boy, it is a mind. It's it'll blow your mind. The one last night was just oh my gosh. That's on uh, Wes. I'm guessing 
the last episode of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel blew your mind oh, as it did mine. Was just fantastic! Oh, it was Catching, unbelievable. Filling in all the little, well, not all, but most of those the holes that they had been setting up with their uh, flash forwards, and now we we get reasons for them. And all right, let me ask great. you this. Let me ask you this. Yeah. And 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 if you saw it, fine. If you didn't, just you know, play along or just turn it off. I don't care. Um, <laughs> so she was a writer on the Gordon Ford show, which was back in the mid '60s, right? Because uh, Jack Parr was his company. So um, she was a writer, and they had a policy though uh, that no no writer would ever perform on the show. No, no, anyone involved in the show. So he, he mentioned that one point, the security guard has a great voice. He's not going to be on the show. Okay. So she was a writer, and they dropped that. And then the flashbacks began in some of the last episodes. So if she never performed on the Gordon Ford show, how did she become a world-known, famous goddess, movie star, comedian. It's never explained what broke her wide open. Well, there's two more episodes yet to come before they're all finished, so I'm hoping oh. that that's... Oh, they are? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, they're not that. done yet. They are not done yet. Oh. So, in the one of the flash forwards... Oh, gosh. Okay. Uh, one of the flash forwards was a, a snippet of an interview on some 60 Minutes-like show, and it talked about... Yeah. How she rose in the '60s, and then in the had a kind of a downfall, and then came back in the late '60s, early '70s, doing a college tour, and that's what kept her propelling ever and onward, upward. Okay, so there was a new one last night. Then I uh, mean, not last new night, one Friday, a Sunday night, Friday, Friday. Oh well, shoot, <laughs> that was it. I thought because I thought, wow, what a way to end. No, no. There's, oh, I didn't know that. Still, Ooh, I'm excited. There's though. more episodes. So yeah, so you've you've missed one, and then there's two left uh, to come. So there are. Th so the roast for Susie was not the last oh, one. Oh no, 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 no. Oh great, awesome. I have no life, like Wes. See, uh, <laughs> yard work. I, I, and we I'm gonna bitch. have to watch. That's it. about it. Yep. Yeah, okay. it's nope. uh, it's on Prime, Sid, and all the seasons oh, okay. are still there. So yeah, uh, I've seen, I know start I've seen the trailer. That. Okay. It is uh, it. It it may be an and and uh, a kind of acquired taste. It's very New York. It's very Jewish. It's very show busy. Yeah. Um. But it's so colorful. How do yeah. you describe it? It it is a, it's it it is like watching a Broadway play on TV. Every episode is. And um, some of the camera work they do is just remarkable but it is so smooth you don't really catch on the first watch how some shot runs continuously for like 10 or 15 minutes despite going in different locations oh yeah wow. it's true okay. yeah it, it, cool but but it is so colorful it, um just all the pastels and that is done with intent uh, but the sets and the apartments and the clubs and her clothing and all of it all the set dressing and the costuming is just a plus, and the story um, this season is the best one so far because the flashbacks and you know, you know all that stuff. But uh, it's a it's a really and it's won every award it's ever been up for I guess the past three or four years, but it is extremely good, really good. 
right. Uh, thanks to our friends at Wholesale Nutrition. I'm in there about twice a week upping my uh, my little vitamins and the things that I take there for for various reasons. And you can go in there and, and just uh, ask for help. You see in that store uh, an incredible uh, uh, age age breakdown. There's older folks and there are middle-aged folks and kids that are buying all kind of different things for, for various reasons. And you can see a listing of some of the offerings they have on their site, wholesalenutrition.com. Their smoothie bar, I had two of those last week, just uh, fantastic. And so many things for your pre and post, post-workout stuff and equipment and drinks and powders and proteins and all the other things that you want to take to make your body healthy. I have a vitamin B complex that begins my day and uh, boosts your energy and uh, helps with your stress. And I take green tea and I take beetroot for various reasons, blood pressure, and there's just a ton of things. Um, they're good people, a good staff. They're on Goodman Road in their big new store between Chulahoma and Getwell. I thank you, Chris and Jennifer, the entire staff at Wholesale Nutrition. And now we will roll into the new Between the Grooves program for this week. That is uh, songs based in the piano. Either the intro uh, was a classic and the song follows, or the song is based in the piano and other keyboards. Uh, but it's all there, and it's fun to hear, and it's coming up right now on Drake Digital. Don't forget to support Drake Digital. There's a link to do that off of the Facebook page and drakehallmemphis.com and the app. You can support us and keep this alive for the music and the podcasting and for the the incredible depth of knowledge, entertainment, and brilliance that we offer. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> Bye. Hey. What? We do. <laughs> Just cut it right there. Mm.